Welcome to the Natural Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 335. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, I am so pleased to be joined today by author Chelsea Clinton. Did you know that blue whales are the largest animals in the world? Or that sea otters wash their paws after every meal? The world is filled with millions of animal species and all of them are unique and special. Many are on the path to extinction. To mark the publication of her new book, Don't Let Them Disappear, 12 Endangered Species Across the Globe, Chelsea Clinton introduces us to a selection of endangered animals that she writes about, sharing what makes them special and what threatens them. She takes a look at rhinos, tigers, whales, pandas, and other species and provides helpful tips on what we all can do to help prevent these animals from disappearing from our world. You know, I think we all feel drawn to different animals. You know, hopefully we all feel drawn to the kind of challenge of saving endangered species. I recognize different animals are going to touch our hearts differently. And I hope if it's not one of these 12 animals, given that we have 16,000 endangered species around the world, people will go online and learn more about kind of the animals that they really care about, whether here in the United States or, or anywhere across the globe. That, of course, is our guest today, Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea Clinton's presentation at the Smithsonian Associates is titled Chelsea Clinton on Saving Endangered Species. And that presentation is on Wednesday, April 10th, 2019, at the National Zoo. Chelsea Clinton has written a new book, Don't Let Them Disappear, 12 Endangered Species Across the Globe, which will be available for sale and signing and is the subject of our interview today. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show, Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea Clinton, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here today. Well, I'm thrilled to be talking to you. This is an important subject, and uh, we're going to be talking about your new book, Endangered Species, and your presentation coming up at Smithsonian Associates. So maybe tell us briefly about the upcoming presentation. Well, I'm so excited um, to be at uh, the Smithsonian's National Zoo uh, on Wednesday, April 10th, and I'll be doing uh, two programs. One uh, in the morning, kind of focused on uh, young readers, uh, in which I will be reading my newest book, Don't Let Them Disappear, about 12 endangered species around the globe, and in which we'll be doing kind of different activities, um, kind of inspired by uh, the endangered animals that I write about in the books and also kind of really helping kids understand what they can do to try to save these animals. Um, Because I think it's just never too early to start um, empowering young people to recognize that we're all on this earth together. And of course, kind of what a four-year-old can do is different than what a 40-year-old can do, but like four-year-olds are really valuable kind of citizens of our shared planet, too. And then in the evening, um, I'm having a conversation about the book and about kind of my passion for endangered species and kind of what I think adults really need to be doing to help kind of fight climate change and fight poaching and habitat loss and all the reasons that we know these and so many other species are endangered. And I'm really um, grateful that Anna Rothschild will be there 
moderating the conversation uh, because I just love her science magic show, uh, Hooray Series. So I'm super uh, excited about uh, my two uh, different events uh, at the Smithsonian's National Zoo uh, next week. It'll be great. It'll be really nice to have you here locally talking about this, uh, as I say, important subject. What inspired you to write about it? You're an author. You've written before. So why this subject now? I have always cared about endangered species. I mean, the first kind of challenges that as a kid I remember really caring about uh, were endangered species and, and climate change and wanting to do whatever I could as a little kid in Arkansas to help save uh, the species that I really cared about. You know, I always have cared about elephants and also kind of to do what I could to fight climate change. And it breaks my heart that 30 years later, um, we have lost ground on climate change and lost ground in kind of many of the endangered species preservation um, that I was first drawn to, you know, three decades ago. And so, you know, I wrote Don't Let Them Disappear, you know, really for, for two reasons, you know, Paul. One, because I wish I'd had a book like this as a kid that talked to me about kind of some of the iconic species and some of the species I really cared about and others that I knew my friends cared about um, when I was a kid and what even as kids we could try to do to make a positive difference in saving these animals. And also because as I kind of researched um, both kind of Itch World, which is my first book, for um, kind of a younger audience, albeit really kind of preteens and teenagers. And then again, kind of uh, my book Start Now that came out last year focused on six to 10 year olds. I just kept hearing from kids really of all ages um, how much uh, they really cared about animals. So they knew their younger siblings cared about animals and cared about animal welfare in their own communities and cared about saving endangered species, both in their own communities and really around the world. And so it just kind of felt like this was the next book I had to write. And this book was just in my heart to talk about kind of animals that I heard from kids that they care about and talk about some of the animals that I've just cared intensely about for decades and share some kind of fun facts about these animals and also painfully why they're endangered and, and what we all really can do to try to ensure that these animals become unendangered and really, you know, are around forever. I've had a chance to look at the book. It is beautiful. The artwork is great. And at the back of the book, you you do refer to some of these reasons why these animals are endangered. So, and you mentioned climate change, but maybe go into a couple of the other reasons that are that are so pressing uh, about these, these 12 endangered species that you talk about and don't let them disappear. Well, Paul, thank you also for mentioning the beautiful illustrations. I'm so grateful to have been able to work with just the extraordinarily talented uh, Gianna in in this process, and I'm so thankful that she they're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah they're just they're gorgeous. gorgeous, and that like she mm-hmm. helped, I think, bring to life every animal on each page, and also kind of in the opening thread, like showing all the animals kind of on our planet together. You know, helps I think so powerfully illustrate that yes like these animals may live in different parts of the world and some of them live on land and some of them live in the oceans um, but we really are kind of all here together and we have to take kind of responsibility um, for sharing our planet kind of with these precious species and take responsibility for helping to save them because you know they are endangered um, largely because of choices that we've made and so you 
uh, talk about kind of the reasons that you know I write about at the end and also kind of give reference to kind of for each animal and and these animals are endangered for different reasons you know, polar bears are endangered predominantly because of climate change and because the sea ice on which kind of they rely um, is melting and because it's harder for the animals on which they rely for food to be able to survive kind of in our warming climate. And so it's both they're losing their habitat and food um, applies becoming more scarce. And so, you know, we're losing polar bears at a very rapid rate. And unless we stop climate change and global warming, we won't be able to save polar bears. Or we think about poaching, which is kind of the main threat to African elephants. And we lose 96 elephants a day to poaching or illegal hunting because ivory is so valuable um, and there's such a demand for ivory. And so we know if we're going to save African elephants, um, we have to stop the demand for ivory. And I think you know, kids are really well positioned to help educate their parents and grandparents and really everyone in their lives that like ivory always looks better on an elephant than it does on someone's wrist or a handbag <laughs> handle or as decoration in someone's home. Um, and if we don't stop poaching, we'll lose elephants within two generations. And so I just um, hope that young readers, you know, don't feel discouraged, even though um, some of these animals, you know, could disappear within their lifetimes, um, but really feel empowered to help ensure that doesn't happen and to know that choices kind of they and their families make could help ensure, you know, that we don't let these animals disappear. You make some great recommendations about how to be encouraged. So tell us a couple of those that, because I think it's important to motivate the audience and get them excited about doing this work and not feel discouraged by some of the things that are going on around us. Well, you know, I think we all feel drawn to um, different animals. You know, hopefully we all feel drawn to the kind of challenge of saving endangered species. I recognize, you know, different animals are going to kind of touch, you know, our hearts differently. And and I hope if it's not kind of one of these 12 animals, given that we have 16,000 endangered species around the world, um, kind of people will go online and learn more about kind of the animals that they really care about, whether kind of here in the United States or, or anywhere across the globe, because we do know, Paul, to your point, kind of what we really can do. And so I think particularly for kids, you know, one of the things that they can do is it's not just ivory, right? It's also um, kind of tiger parts or rhino parts or increasingly giraffe parts that are viewed as kind of prized possessions, either for their beauty or their marvel or because of kind of mis informed beliefs that kind of endangered species animal parts have medicinal properties to help cure cancer or other ailments and illnesses. And I think kids are really well positioned to say, you know, not only does ivory always look better on an elephant, like a tiger skin always looks better on a tiger, right? Or a rhino horn always looks better on a rhino or a giraffe tail always looks better on a giraffe. Um, And to really just be so clear about that, kind of with, with parents and grandparents and other adults in their lives. And, and similarly for, for climate change, you know, I think we all can make um, more responsible choices in our, in our lives, whether that's how we use water at home or how we use electricity or kind of what we use for electricity. 
And I think kids are also really well positioned um, to kind of be those change agents in their in their own families and other places they spend time. I mean, you know, to think about kind of schools as real ways to help fight climate change or kind of what they hope their parents are going to push kind of their employers to do. I think, you know, we're seeing how much kind of kids care about climate change and the urgency that they understandably feel because we know every day that goes by that we don't act, it becomes harder for us to fight climate change. And so I hope that um, young people take not only from don't let them disappear, but other kind of resources in this space, you know, real, a real sense of, of inspiration and agency. Yes. Like I can help save these animals and here's what I know I need to do. And here's what I need to help convince my friends and my family to do too. I really love the way you put that. Tusks and ivory look better on elephants and rhinos. That's really a, a nice way of putting it and memorable. So last question for you, Chelsea Clinton. I know you're, I know you're very busy today and you, you refer to this and, and a lot of our audience will be grandparents, certainly your audience uh, that day on the 10th, you've got it split up into two parts, but what's the best way for grandparents and children to work together on some of this so that they are accomplishing something and so that the kids feel empowered to bring it up in families? Well, I think um, as someone who was so close to my uh, grandparents, and particularly my mom's mom, my grandmother, you know, my grandmother and my mom were the two people who really helped me first feel empowered, you know, as a kid who um, listened to my concerns and asked me questions so that I felt valued and validated. And I think that's something kind of all adults can do for the kids in our lives, whether we're kind of parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, older siblings. Um, I think that's something we all can do for the uh, kids and young people in our lives. And then helping connect kids to opportunities to feel like we're making a difference. You know, my grandparents really listened to me when I wanted them to cut up the plastic rings around the six packs of like soda or beer that were in their house mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you know, animals didn't choke on them in the Gulf Coast. Cause I was horrified to learn that like trash from Arkansas was killing, you know, wildlife along the Gulf coast. You know, when my grandmother said that she wanted to give me, you know, a present that would help me kind of save endangered species. You know, she gave me kind of for Christmas one year, a membership to the World Wildlife Fund. And I felt really then like I was part of their work. And I think, you know, the next year it was Greenpeace or Conservation International, but that was something I got for Christmas every year. So I felt again, like valued and validated when I wanted to learn more about elephants. Like we checked out books in the library together and watched National Geographic documentaries together and read old copies of National Geographic. And so I'm just so thankful that my my mother and my grandmother really modeled for me kind of this sense of how it is possible to empower and engage and support um, even kids to feel like we can make a difference because I certainly felt like I was making a difference just even in my small way with what kind of my, my grandparents helped me to do and enabled me to do and believed was possible for me to do. Well, Chelsea Clinton, thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much for your time. And, and thanks for this beautiful book, Don't Let Them Disappear, 12 Endangered Species Across the Globe. I refer to grandparents. I'm sure your parents are being great grandparents. Please pass along our love to them and uh, thank you. Our, our interest in, uh, in how they're doing. But uh, 
we're so appreciative of your time and, and how you're doing. So thank you again. We'll look forward to seeing you coming up on April 10th. Great. Thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Chelsea. Good talking to you. Take care. My thanks to Chelsea Clinton, who will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Wednesday, April 10th, 2019 at the National Zoo, and has written a new book, Don't Let Them Disappear, 12 Endangered Species Across the Globe, which will be available for sale and signing. Thanks, too, to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all their help and assistance with the show, and my thanks to you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. The Not Old Better Show. Talk about better. Thanks, everybody.